Chow Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter uh, 7. This is the scripture that we've been talking about, Matthew chapter 7. And as many of you know, we've been, we've been uh, using this as that foundational scripture in our series. Uh, anybody grateful for uh, last week's message <laughs> by Pastor Almarie? She absolutely crushed it. So grateful for her. Um, taught us how to, how to fight fair. And it says, whoever hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain came down, the water came down, the wind blew, and it hit the house. The house did not fall because it was built on a rock. Whoever hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the water came down, and the wind blew and hit the house. And the house fell and broke apart. And it's so important that in a relationship or in a house, you could have the best roof, you could have the best door, you could have the best beams, but if your foundation is rocky, none of that matters. Amen? And so here Jesus is saying, if you built your relationship on me, man, you can build a long-lasting, healthy, and whole relationship. And so our goal is to share our story and be as transparent as we can. We're going to keep it, we're going to keep it PG-13-ish between rated R-ish, you know. Our kids are at, at, at Kuhau Kids, so how, what is it? NC-17, we'll keep it, all right? Uh, but the Bible says that we conquer the enemy with the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Isn't that powerful that the thing that bruises the enemy's head is the blood of Jesus, but it's also what the blood of Jesus has done for your life. And it says the word of your testimony. It doesn't just say your testimony, because many times we have a testimony, but we don't share it. It's the word of your testimony. And so I don't want God just to do and do and do in my life and me stay quiet about it. I want to be the kind of person that shares what God has done in my life so that it can bruise the enemy's head and it could also help others have their own testimony. Amen? So that's our prayer today. We share our story. I want to give you the title to today's message if you're taking notes, and it's simply this. Rolando... Lisa, and God's faithfulness. All right, put that down. Rolando, Lisa, R-O-L-A-N-D-O, if you're asking. Rolando and Lisa and God's faithfulness. Amen? Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We just ask you, Lord, that for these next few moments, God, as we open up our hearts to you, God, that we may be in a posture of surrender, God that our hearts may, may truly be prostrated before you, O oh God. Open to receive whatever your Holy Spirit may have, even on a Memorial Day weekend, God, that we can experience our breakthrough and our healing right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says... 
Amen. Give God some praise in this room one more time. You may not know this about me. Lee definitely does. You may not know this about me, but um, there's not too much that stresses me out, okay? I'm pretty cool, calm, and collected, and there's not much that stresses me out. But if there is one thing that stresses your pastor out, it's car trouble. Because you know, like, I want to be able to have car trouble, and I want to be able to go to the mechanic. And when you go to the mechanic, he will tell you, yeah, it was just a little wire that was loose. I tightened it up. How much is that going to cost? Nothing. It's completely free. That's what I want to happen when I go to the mechanic. Any fellas know what I'm talking about. You go to the mechanic, just listen. I just, but no. When I go to the mechanic for a windshield wiper, hypothetically, because I know the men are judging me here like you went to the the mechanic for a windshield wiper. Uh, Shut up. Don't judge me. Um. You go to the mechanic for a windshield wiper, and he tells you, hey, uh, let me look at these. And this is my, my mechanic. His name is Nico. He goes, let me look at these. Uh, uh, yeah, this is, this is a problem because the bolt is stripped. I say, yeah, but I, only one, one, one shield is not working. The other one is working. He says, yeah, 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 but look, what happens is I'm going to have to take out the motor. I'm going to have to take out the gaskets. I'm going to have to take out everything. And then I'm going to have to replace the motor of the windshield wiper. And I'm like, I wish I knew what I was talking about so that I can rebuttal what you just said, all right? And I'd be like, okay, so how much is this all going to cost me? It's, eh, one, two, three, one, five, six. $500. You know what? I roll with one windshield wiper. <laughs> I'm going to be like that, just out of principle. I refuse to pay $500 to get that windshield wiper fixed. And uh, it's, it's so, it's so uh, terrifying for me to go to the mechanic, to be honest. Like, the other day I was having uh, tire trouble. Like, I had to tire trouble. I had to get my tires replaced is what I mean, right? And so, like, my tires, they were burning to the metal, Okay. Now, all my tires were doing this, so what I did was, as I took it to the mechanic, and when I took it to the mechanic, the mechanic said, okay, let's replace them. We replaced them. I took him back. Six months later, here's what happens. They're burning again. On the inside of the tire, it's burning. So guess what I do? I bring it to the mechanic once again. I say, hey, listen, man, this thing, is, this thing keeps happening. The tires are wearing out. I don't know what I'm doing, but the tires keep wearing out. And he's like, okay, let's put it on the lift. He picks it up. underneath the hood. He goes, okay. I see what the problem is. And he goes, and he tells me, he said, come, 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 look, look over here. You see right here? In this little bolt and that little bolt, they're loose. They're not supposed to be loose. I don't even know what the name of these things are because I'm like, uh-huh. He's speaking Chinese to me, by the way. And he's like, uh, and this, this is loose, this is loose. That's why your tires are, 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 are burning up the way they are. And I said, okay, can I just replace the tires? He goes, listen, no matter how many times you replace the tires, the problem is still going to happen. And I found that to be powerful because he's like, listen, the problem is not the tires burning or the quality of the tire. The problem is, is that in the structure of what's holding the tire, it's causing it. So you can put the best tires, but six months later, you will be here until you replace this and also get a wheel alignment. And I just thought that to myself because I said, man, isn't it crazy how many times... We want to deal with what the obvious thing is, but 
Many times the thing that we're struggling with is not what's most obvious or what's most apparent. Many times we got to go much deeper. See, many times the struggles that you're dealing with, maybe you're looking at somebody and you'll be like, man, she got anger issues. And maybe he's like, she don't got anger issues. Maybe, maybe, uh, just maybe her heart has been broken. And she has not known how to recover. And so no matter how many tires you put on that baby, it's still going to burn until the structure has been corrected. Oh, he got, he got, he got some trust issues. No, no, maybe he doesn't have trust issues. Maybe the, the, the man that was supposed to be a father figure in his life walked out on him. And if he could walk out on him, surely anybody else can walk out on him. And so maybe it's not trust issues. Maybe the problem is much deeper. And here's the truth. We're going to deal with issues, but many times the issues that we're dealing with manifest themselves on the external, but they're not just external. We have to go much deeper. Amen. Um, it's not just the external. It's, uh, sometimes it is what's happening on the inside that's causing us to react and causing us, um, causing us to react, and, and that's what you see on the outside. And um, there's this verse in the Bible, Romans 7, 15 through 20. And I think that um, this is what maybe Paul, the Apostle Paul, was experiencing when he was writing this. Um, it says, we'll read together. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another. Doing things I absolutely despise. Mm. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. But I need something more. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. And I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me wow. and gets the better of me wow. every time. Amen, right? I mean, when I read this, I was just like, and then the, this is the message version, you know? So it's, it comes off a little different from New King James, which is what I usually read. But when I read this, I'm like, whoa, oh my God, that's me. Yeah. That's, I, I can definitely relate to this. You know, this is Paul, who is an ambassador for Christ. He wrote, what, 75% of the New Testament. And he's over here saying, I need help. Mm. He's saying there is, I, I don't like this. <laughs> he's saying that there is something deep within me, you know, and um, I just find it so interesting. And then he goes, he says, the first line, what I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but I act another. 
And I'm just like, you know, if I can be honest with you guys, <laughs> sorry, honey. It's a share, baby. All right. You know, this is our testimony, and I'm I'm really nervous, but I'm I'm I want to be able to express this to you in in the correct way. But this is my testimony, so I'm just gonna try to relate it as best as I can. And um, this this is a message, this is a passage that I can absolutely relate to. And I, I don't know how many of you can relate to this passage, but definitely me, I can, I, I wake up in the morning sometimes, and Jenny's here to, to attest, like I, can, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Lord, <laughs> Lord, I am going to put on Christ today. I will not give in to the desires of my flesh today. I, before I even walk in through those doors at my job, I'm like, Holy Spirit, go before me. Mm. Amen? Yeah. And then I get there, and if I'm real honest, if I'm completely honest, at my, at my job, that's one place that it brings out things out of me that I'm just like, whoa, okay, Lord, I see why you still have me here. <laughs> <laughs> you are definitely doing a work in me. Okay, okay. You know, the other day, I, uh, there was this doctor. I'm a surgical coordinator. So this doctor called us, and I picked up the phone. He had the wrong department. And he spoke so fast, I couldn't understand what he was saying. So I said, you know, hi, I'm sorry, can, can you please repeat yourself? And he says, I'm Dr. So-and-so. I need to speak to so and I mean, come on, right? Am I the only Ooh. one? I bet you right now you guys <laughs> are like, me and I promise you that morning I was like Lord uh-uh <laughs> you know I put you on today what do you think my response was what do you think your pastor's response was <laughs> oh okay doctor you know don't worry I'll, I'll direct you to the right department I wish <laughs> <laughs> no I was like <laughs> okay doctor so and so you reached the wrong department <laughs> That, that wasn't the part they were supposed to clap that no. way. Don't clap for that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, you we're know. We're proud of you, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I'm just like, that was a wake-up call for me. And that, you know, there's, uh, and I'm not one to come home from work to be like, oh, my God, honey, my day at work. Work is work. I leave work at work. I don't like to bring work home. I could bring home to work sometimes. <laughs> That's the only. That's the only. <laughs> Not the newly. <laughs> you know? But, um, yeah, I, 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 I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but, you know, I came home that day. And there were, there were just not one thing. There wasn't just one thing that day, that particular day. And it wasn't like that day I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. It wasn't like that night I went through something. It was just that day. I was just out of character. I was petty. I, I just, and Reuben knows how petty I can be. But I just thank God for who he is because he's, he continuously does the work in me, you know? So that day I came home and I was just like, Ro, you know, these three things happened to me. <laughs> 
but we're only talking about one today. <laughs> <laughs> and he found it interesting, because I usually don't come home and do that. And, um, you know, I was just like, where do you think these, stem these things are stemming from? Where do you think these things are coming from? Like, why did it annoy me so much to the point where I matched his disrespect and I, I did that? Or maybe he wasn't even being disrespectful. Why did I even take it that way? Maybe he was yeah. legit just trying to say it slow and, and just, and clearly, you know, just so I could hear what he had to say. But I didn't take it that way. And so I was just like, you know, Ro, this is obviously something that I have to, to pray about and ask the Lord. And so today, that's, that's what we're doing today. We're, we're sharing our story. Amen. And um, when, that's just for work. And for me, in our marriage, what, was, um, what's, what I was struggling with was anger and resentment mm. and bitterness, if, if I'm completely honest. Because there's, there's layers to this, you know? Anger's the secondary emotion. It's coming from somewhere. So, so there was a lot of things that, that I was battling with, and it would get the best of me. And even when my intentions were in the right place, and even when there were times that I had decided to, to do good, and um, I decided that I, I wasn't going to react in a negative way, and, and I was just going to, you know, respond differently to my husband, and you know, I would make these decisions. I would purposely... You know, I've been serving God for a long time. You, you know what to do, you know, and you, you speak these things into your life. And, but then you're put in the situation and you just don't do it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what it was. And for the first five years of our marriage, it was just a constant battle, a constant battle. And, and it wasn't just a battle between Ro and I. It was a battle with myself. It was a battle with the negative things that Ro had um, spoken over my life, you know? And it was a battle with the things that I agreed with what he was saying, you know? How come I couldn't respect? The word says, you know, wives, submit to, to your husbands, you know, respect. And, and why wasn't I able to do that, you know? And if I'm serving God and, and oh, I'm a pastor, you know? And it's like, what, what's happening? And when I was feeling these things, these things would just make me feel broken. It made me feel alone. And it made me feel unloved, wow. you know? And um, we got to the point where the fighting was just ridiculous. You know, it was just ridiculous. The, the respect that Ro was demanding, I could not give. And his, his standard of respect was just way too high. And I was just falling short every single time. And, and no matter what I did, I just didn't feel like I was good enough to, to fit that standard, to fit that mold. And, mold. and, and there was, it felt like there was nothing that I could do and say to make him feel honored or respected. You know, and then it just brings up more questions. And, and, and within this and in, in, in these years of, of this, because this is day in and day out, and it could be the most simplest thing. You know, there, there's a few things that can break marriages. Finances is one of them. For us, it was iced tea, you know? And <laughs> you remember that one? <laughs> 
It was iced tea, and we could bring up a huge fight over iced tea, and it was just crazy. And through the years, I, I, um, I built a walk-in closet of resentment and bitterness. You know, I have vintage stuff in there. You know what I mean? I have stuff from December of 2011. You know, I'd walk in there and be like, oh, yes, from 2015. You remember? You remember when you did that? You know? <laughs> it's just a whole walk-in closet. It was big, too. And um, our, our fights just continued to, to become worse and stronger. And I did not know how to keep the peace in my home, you know? Bible says a lot about wise women, a woman being wise and, you know, and I'm like, where, where is that wisdom? There's, there goes those questions again, those, you know, those insecurities that started building up in me. And um, so in that, anytime he would rise up, I'd rise up with him. I was right there. I would match his rise, like, hey, you know, I would just be there. And, you know, many times I just wanted the last word. Who's with me on that? You know, when you just... Are you, are you, you speaking to the right crowd? I, I think so. Right <laughs> and this is, not, this is not just for the ladies. Like, I could, I, could sit here, I could stand here and just be like, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, there's a lot of men in here, too, that they just want to get the last word. They just want to have the last word. So it's like he says something and I'm like, so? So, <laughs> you know, and, and it's just crazy. And um, I just thank God that even throughout these years, throughout these years, God always, he always spoke over us as a unit and as individuals. Yeah. Always. He always would say something. And so maybe you guys are here today feeling like certain words were spoken in your relationship, that maybe some negative things were said in your relationship that you guys were speaking to one another and you've declared things over your lives out of anger, saying things just out of anger with, with, which just aren't true. And um, I just want to say that it's not done unless God says so. Amen. So let's hear today, let God have the final say. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise in this house. And, um, you know, I'm glad that, that we're speaking today from a healed place and we can share these things and really just God in his supernatural way and in his mercy, honestly, that's really what it is. Just his mercy allowed us to continue in a relationship. Um, and, um, when we wanted to have the final word and the last word, God had the final word and he overruled our word. And his word became what we began to build our foundation on. Uh, I think many times in a relationship, and I want you to write this down, that when we don't know what the real problem is, we will always end up applying the wrong solution. Right, put that in your notes. When we don't know what the real problem is, we will always end up applying the wrong solution. And then we start saying things like, oh, you don't understand me. No, you don't understand me. Well, you don't understand me. You don't understand me. And you think it's confusion and you think it's misunderstanding, but what it is is that we don't know what the real problem is, and so we spend our lives applying the wrong solution to what we think is the real problem. I don't know about you, but if you were raised in a 
Hispanic home, you know what this is. Uh, uh, it's called VIX. <laughs> Raised in a, in a Hispanic home, if you got sick, ponte VIX. <laughs> All right, if you got sick, you got to put on some VIX vapor rub. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. That was like the second anointed oil in a Hispanic home. That's right. If you got sick, put VIX. If you got a cold, put VIX. If you had chicken pox, put VIX. If you had an infection, put VIX. Oh, you broke your arm? Come over here. Let me put some VIX on that. And I think VIX works on a lot of things, but newsflash, Hispanic homes. <laughs> VIX doesn't fix everything. It's funny, people that weren't raised with putting on Vicks, if you put on Vicks on them now, they feel like they're burning to death. Like, what is this? I'm like, this is nothing. Um, Vicks doesn't fix everything. And in the same manner, there are some things that maybe we have been able to address on the external level, and they maybe have pacified certain situations. But it doesn't mean that that's going to be the means on how you're going to resolve what's going on even deeper. And so we're over here applying VIX on everything, and we think that we can fix everything, but you can't fix something when you don't know what the real problem is. You can change the tires over and over and over, but when you don't know what the real problem is, it doesn't matter. You can keep applying the wrong solution to what you think the problem is. Yeah. I don't know about you, but are you like me that I know what's wrong with everybody else? <laughs> it's true, Trisha. It's true. Anybody else like me, like, you know, like, pfft, I know what their problem is. You know what their problem is? You know what their problem is? Let me tell you right here. I got a four-point sermon on what their problem is right here. You know exactly what their problem is, right? You know why they can't get it together. You know why their relationship doesn't succeed. You don't know, you, you know why he keeps doing what he's doing. You know, you know everything that's wrong with everybody else except yourself. And so what happens in a relationship is that we begin to focus on the external problems, meaning the problems that are before us, meaning the problems that we see manifested in our spouse, but it could be that there is something happening deep within us all. And so we begin now to flood the throne room of God for, for prayer requests to give us the wrong solution. Like, God, please slay her right now. Anybody ever been there? Like you just like, like you you bit the you bit the pointer. You're, oh, oh, if I could just knock people out and resurrect them at the same time, I would love, I would love to be able to. Ay, Papa Dios de la Gloria, I would, I would. Right? You think you could fix other people, and so you start flooding the throne room of God. God, right now, I just pray, Lord, show her her ways. Lord, what's wrong? Lord, it's her mouth. That mouth of hers, Lord. She is beautiful, but that mouth, oh God, she is gorgeous, but that mouth, Lord, just fix her mouth right now in the name of And you start praying and flooding the throne room of God because you're asking for the wrong solution. And God is saying, if I answer your prayer, if I answer your prayer, you're still going to be dealing with what the deeper issue is. And so, you know, in, in, in our relationship, if I was honest, uh, it, it began to really go downhill in 2000, around 2016, where we were about to call it quit, quits. And I want to tell you this today, even before I get into the rest of our story, is, is that if you don't heal 
from your hurts, your hurts will end up hurting other people. If you don't heal from your hurts, your hurts will end up hurting other people. And the truth is that they're going to end up hurting the people closest to you. Your open wounds heal, uh, hurt those closest to you. And so it wasn't a him issue. It wasn't a her issue. It was a here issue. It wasn't a him issue or a her issue. It was a heart issue. And so in 2016, um, we realized that our last resort was to begin, begin a journey on committed counseling. And um, I don't know about you, but whenever you go to count marriage counseling, whenever you go to relationship counseling, it's always for the other person, right? I just can't wait. I just can't wait. She's going to be on my side, and she's going to tell her everything I've been telling her for the last five years. Right? And so uh, in 2016, we decided that we were going to go to counseling, and, and um, one day in a session, we began to discover what the root of the problem is. And I thought that the root of the problem was founded in, 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 in Lisa, but I realized that there was something that was in my heart that I, I didn't know at the time. And honestly, I promise you, and maybe I don't need to convince you of much. <laughs> I feel like I got to convince you, but maybe like, no, Pastor Rowe, we know. Um, you know, for me, I, I genuinely didn't think I was the problem. Honest to God. I was just like, uh, uh, Lord, I'm just going to go through the motions and just get, wait for her to get fixed because I'm good. I'm and, and I remember in a, in a moment of counseling, I, uh, this is what the counselor told us. She, she said, you know what, Ro, your problems didn't begin with Lisa. She goes, you know what, Lisa, your problems didn't begin with Ro. So where is, where is the real problem? And I remember in one of those sessions, uh, uh, you know, for me, many have heard this story. I've shared it at Matrix University. And uh, for me, I had a huge standard of respect. Like, you, you, you needed, you were going to respect me. Like, you're going to respect me no matter what. And I had this huge standard of respect. Like, if you even, even spoke with a hint of attitude or a hint of disrespect, there were going to be some problems, right? And so that was my thought. And, and, and here's the thing, that my issues, though they, were, though they seemed at times as virtues, because there's nothing wrong with wanting respect. There's nothing wrong with wanting honor. There's nothing wrong with that. And so many times a person like me is struggling with issues that seem like virtues, and we never get healing for them because we hide behind the virtue of it. But the problem is, is that when you don't get that respect, what happens on the inside of you? See, the problem isn't that you, you want respect. That's something reasonable. The problem is what happens when you don't get that respect. How do you respond? How do you react? How do you treat the people around you? And so for me, I, I, there, was, there was times in our, in our relationship, man, it got bad. When I tell you it got bad, it got petty bad. When she talks about we were arguing about iced tea, man, let me tell you. I don't even remember what it was, but have you ever been there? Like you fought so bad you forgot what the argument was about? Like, what in the world? It doesn't matter. Look at the way you were talking to me in the first place. Like, like it got bad. Like, we got so petty. Like, we'd be fighting on the way to church. You shut up. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. Hey, come in. Hey, how are you, babe? How's everything? How's everything? God bless you. Oh, man. Oh, let me pray for your marriage right now. We'd be going through it. Like, I mean, I, there was this time, like, I, I promise. And, and here's the thing. When your heart is broken, you start, you start fighting like a kid. 
And so argue, arguments came, I'm just being transparent, our arguments became so petty, like, like oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Pastor Roe. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Oh, oh, if the church will see you now. It just got bad. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, preacher. Take your time. Take your time. The devil, Lord, right now, send your angels. And we look like two fools just like, oh, what about you and your worship, huh? What about you and your worship? Just got out of here. Crazy out of here, and our fights just continued, and, and that's how we were fighting. That's how we were resolving our conflicts. And here's the truth. We never ended up resolving the actual issue because we got caught. Listen to me. We got caught in how we were resolving the issue. Why? Because the problem was much, much deeper. And if I can just be uh, brief here today, I, I, I remember, I promise you, this was like a revelation to me because... You know, you know, when you go to a barbershop, you expect to get a haircut. Am I right? You go to a barbershop, you expect to get a haircut. You don't expect to walk out of there with filet mignon and, and all the, you know, french fries, all the, all the everything. You don't, you, you, why? Because you're going to a barbershop. Well, I wasn't going there to get healed. I was going there for Lisa to get fixed. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So when I was there, and I'm in the middle of, my session, and she, she says, hold on a second, we're going to take a pause real quick, Rhonda, here's what I want you to do, I want you to ask the Lord, because, I want you to ask the Lord, because you want respect, but, but why is it that you feel like if you don't get respect, you're less than, and I said, uh, no, let's focus on Lisa, let's focus on Lisa today, I'm good, I'm good, I know all my Bible scriptures, I'm good, and I just remember sitting there, and she said, hey, Pastor Roe, here's what, um, I want you to just, just bow your head, and, and hey, we're going to pray, and and I remember her saying, hey, today we're going to go deeper. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to lead us to what's causing all this inner turmoil that is just manifesting itself externally. And I said, man, okay, Lord. And it, isn't the Holy Spirit so amazing? Is it, like, I just think about the Holy Spirit. Man, I was 34 years old, and I was like, God, why am I getting healed at 34 years old? I can't even understand. Why, why couldn't this happen earlier? And, 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 and this is beautiful what happened to me because he, show, he showed me almost in a timeline how this happened. And I remember I was there in a, in a moment. And this is just one point of freedom. This is just one. There's many of these stories that we can, we can even write a book on. Maybe one day we will write a book. And I remember I was there in that setting, and I, and I remember closing my eyes. I said, okay, I, I'll just do it. I'll just, I'll do, I'll do it. I remember closing my eyes, and she says, okay, we're just going to ask the Lord, where does this come from? And Kuha, can I tell you that the moment I said that, the Holy Spirit just came in. And like a 4K display monitor, he showed me exactly what took place. He says, the reason that you respond this way, the reason you have this, 
this this enormous standard for respect that if it's broken you just you just lose who you are is because your heart was broken at 11 years old and the holy spirit took me to a moment in brooklyn where my father was standing outside of a window and when he was standing outside of the window he looked into the window and i remember this like it was yesterday he spoke to me in spanish and he said tu eres un estupido now again i remember that moment but i don't remember it being like the end of the world for me. But I do remember having this inner vow, like there's something wrong with that. And he might be able to disrespect me today, but he won't always be able to disrespect me like that. In my covenant, my commitment was to my father, not realizing that every time someone would disrespect me, I would respond to them like I was getting back at my father. And many times we're not cognizant of the fact that these things happening, but what, 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 what we, we function, we begin to function this way and we begin to react and respond and, and now uh, criticize. And now, and, and let me tell you, this was my hang up because I was disrespect, I, I was being disrespected. And so if you disrespect me, guess what I'm going to do to you? I'm going to disrespect you back and I'm going to make you feel stupid and I'm going to make you feel why? Because there was a, uh, inner vow that I was made. And here's what, you ever heard of the term stronghold? Have you heard of, raise your hand if you heard of the term stronghold. We, we hear it all the time, right? We hear it all the time. But the word stronghold only appears once in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it appears over and over and over and over and over. You ask why? Because the word stronghold actually means a fortress that brings you under protection. And so when we hear it in the New Testament, Paul says, hey, the pulling down of strongholds. He says, we hold that thought captive to the pulling down of strongholds. He says, we tear down strongholds. He's like, why, why am I tearing down in the, in, in the New Testament? See, when you are at war, you would go hide and find safety and protection behind a stronghold. And what happens is, as children, when we get hurt and we get damaged, we build up a stronghold that doesn't allow us to get hurt, but doesn't allow us to get healed. And so, oh, you ain't going to hurt me. And so even before you can hurt me, I'm going to make sure I hurt you. Oh, even before you think you can leave me, I got the gift of goodbye. Let me tell you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Even before, if you smell like you rising up, I'm going to rise up before you because I'm going to show you. Why? Because we're now building up that stronghold. And that stronghold now becomes our comfort blanket because it's what's been protecting us all these years. Oh, I hope I'm helping somebody today. And so, this is what Jesus says as he enters his ministry. Because though we have broken hearts that we bring strongholds to protect ourselves. Hey, hey you got a stronghold of anger. Yeah, because that's what I use to protect my heart. You have a stronghold of insecurity. Yeah, because that's what I use to protect my heart. You have a stronghold of loneliness. Yeah, because I'd rather be lonely than think that I have people on my side that are just going to let me down. You have a stronghold of bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness. Yeah, because you know what? I'm just not going to let people hurt me anymore. But here's what Jesus says. Jesus says in Luke chapter 4, 16. He says, I was handed the book of the prophet of Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, look what it says. He found the place where it was written. And look what Jesus reads, but he says that this is about him. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me 
to preach the gospel to the poor. But look what else. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And so I don't know where you are today. Maybe you have some strongholds that are protecting that broken heart. But I'm going to let you know today that God will take that broken heart and collect every piece to make a masterpiece. That God will collect every wound so that it can be used as a source of worship. That God will take every bruise and heal you so that it will be a blessing to others. That God will take your hurt and no matter how hurt you are, he will bring forth healing. Come on, if you believe that it's in, in this house, give him a praise. And so... I love what 2 Corinthians shares because it shows insight on forgiveness, and that's ultimately what needed to take place in our relationship. And, and um, 2 Corinthians says it this way, if you forgive a man, look, look at the power of your forgiveness, look at the power of your forgiveness, meaning when you choose to forgive someone, look at the power that happens not only in the external, but what happens in the spiritual realm it says, if you forgive a man, I forgive him also. If I have forgiven anything, I have done it, it because of you. Christ sees me as I forgive. Now watch this, verse 11. We forgive so that Satan will not win. Did you hear that? Why do I forgive? Because Satan ain't going to win. Oh, oh, but we're so focused on I'm winning you ain't winning. I'm going to win this argument. I'm going to win this battle. I'm going to win this war. And the only one winning is the enemy because there's two losers in the home that are distracted fighting each other instead of forgiving. When you choose to forgive, it says that the enemy cannot win. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.